Are you like so many others feeling exhausted, mentally, emotionally, physically drained, having no energy, not even any motivation to have fun with your friends and family, feeling always on the edge, easily frustrated so that your loved ones are walking on eggshells around you? Do you also feel like you're trapped in a gigantic hamster wheel going through the same motions over and over again without really getting anywhere, having no time and no energy left to do even a little bit of self-care? Well, if any of this sounds true to you, you may be heading head over heels towards emotional burnout. Welcome to Get Real with me, Dr. Friedman. If you want to live with greater purpose, authenticity, and empowerment, this is your time to upgrade your belief systems, unlock your true potential, and discover the endless possibilities of you becoming the creator of your life. Now, the term burnout was originally coined by a psychologist, Herbert Freudenberg, who observed in doctors and nurses that there was a growing exhaustion a lack of motivation, and even a lack of empathy. But I don't believe that we have to have a doctorate or a nursing degree or work in a hospital in order to experience emotional burnout. I mean, just think about what toll that ep epidemic had on you. How many times did you have to deal with other people's stress and worries or coping with your own anxieties. Maybe you had to go through loss or illness yourself. And how often were there changes asked of us, uncertainties we had to face, hopes that got dashed? This was a challenging time that certainly brought many of us to the limit of their capacities. But then our whole lifestyle, even before the pandemic, was prone to be stressed out, high pressured, very fast paced, lots of obligation, always busy. That is certainly a reason why so many people have been feeling drained and low on energy. Some researchers say that the emotional burnout is something that may be the next epidemic that we are facing. And this is why I wanted to talk about this topic on Get Real and address three questions. What are the signs of potential uh, emotional burnout? What are the things we're doing wrong that actually make that drainage worse? And what can we do to avoid this emotional burnout or when we have it to make ourselves feel better, to get out of it? Now, it's not as easy as just having a few good night's sleeps or taking a short vacation. These are just little band-aids. The emotional burnout is a bigger and more fundamental problem that we have to really look at. There needs to be some changes made on a, on a really basic level that I think will help us to not go to that complete emptiness that so many people have been experiencing. Now, the first point that I want to uh, look at is that what are the signs, what are the symptoms of, 
of going towards emotional burnout. Now, a colleague of mine uh, used to say that the greatest risk factor for heart attacks is uh, not nicotine or high cholesterol or high blood pressure. It's denial, especially in men. The not being willing to look at the signs that tell you, oops, should better go to the hospital or the doctor because there is something maybe wrong with my ticker. Well, that is unfortunately also true for burnout because a lot of people are not willing to look at the signs, to listen to their mind or their body, and therefore are just kind of, you know, pushing aside the truth that they are going more and more to those edges of their capabilities. So here are some signs that may tell you that you are dealing with something that you need to make some adjustments for. It usually starts with, you know, you being extremely busy, having your work or your obligations constantly in the forefront of your mind. You feel stressed and you feel somewhat overwhelmed, but you also accept it as, well, this is just, you know, right now, my life, this is where I'm at and uh, I just have to push through. Well, then you feel that there are other symptoms coming up. You start to have trouble sleeping. You feel that there is a certain kind of anxiety, a low-grade anxiety showing up right when you wake up in the morning. And somehow your energy feels already a little bit less than maybe just a few months ago. But again, you still keep on pushing yourself and, you know, moving forward because that's what you think you have to do. Eventually, that lack of energy gets worse. You feel like that you're constantly behind. Life doesn't feel like it's actually yours to create or to have. It's almost like life is happening to you. You feel more anxious and maybe start to feel also a bit stuck and a little bit depressed because of it. Well, eventually that lack of energy feels like a constant and you feel more and more irritated and frustrated when things are not going your way. Even the smallest things can set you off. You start to become cynical. You look at life more as a, as a big cosmic joke with really no great meaning or purpose. You feel pessimistic about the future and disillusioned about your hopes. And then there are symptoms setting in that tell you, oh, I really have an issue. These can be difficulties in taking in new information. It can be memory lapses where you just don't remember what you have done maybe a few hours ago you notice that your work performance goes down and that your home life suffer because you're kind of a difficult person to be around these days. In the end, you just don't want to do much. You just feel listless, lack of any kind of ambition or motivation. And all you want to do is just somehow veg out and close the door. And what really happens is not only that your body feels tired and exhausted and your mind also has its battery emptied, what happens is that you're also closing your heart 
as you're closing yourself off, the people around you, the world around you. You don't want to feel anything anymore. And this closing of your heart is a form of self-protection. I experienced it when I was a young resident. And in the first few years, I certainly was heading towards burnout with, you know, 80 to 100 hours of uh, working weeks. At uh, Friday night coming home, I just was laying on the floor for 30 minutes without being able to move because I was so drained. But I didn't really understand what was going on. I felt like, well, this is normal. And having dark uh, rings under my eyes is kind of a badge of honor. I just have to keep on pushing forward. But when I noticed that my heart was closing itself off, that I couldn't feel so much empathy anymore, when I noticed that I became a little bit more callous and less invested into my patients, I realized this is not who I want to be. This is not the direction I want to go in. And uh, there was certainly already a seed planted for me to have to make a change in my life, which I did, you know, about six years later, but it happened. Now, when you look at these symptoms, you may discover that you have some of them already. And you may also discover that in order to deal with them, you are doing things that temporarily may make you feel better. And this is exactly what I did at that time. But please don't do what I did because it was completely wrong. What I did was drink a lot of coffee. But when you drink a lot of coffee and some may, you know, uh, grab these uh, energizer drinks or even caffeine pills, what you do is you push yourself even harder. And it's like, you know, you have an engine that doesn't have a lot of oil, but you are just pushing the accelerator and the engine heats up even more until it collapses. And our whole nervous system and the hormonal system, the adrenals, all just get pushed even more to the brink when you are uh, artificially creating energy through caffeine. And in the evening, I certainly had my few glasses of wine just to get, you know, take the edge off and get relaxed. These days, a lot of people use cannabis to somehow make themselves feel better. The problem with that, it's not really rejuvenating you. Yes, you may feel like you are relaxing and you are less nervous, but the quality of your sleep is also not as good as it can be. You're not going into those deeper REM phases or these deeper sleep phases, which, you know, studies have shown, unfortunately, get shortened the more drugs and alcohol we are consuming. And plus, when we are, you know, artificially going into this numbing ourselves out, we are also disconnecting ourselves from those uh, signs and symptoms and sensations that we need to know where we at. So everything feels like, oh, we can cope better, but we are also somehow becoming less and less aware and more and more oblivious of what's really going on inside of us. So that's not a good habit to have. Another bad habit is, of course, when you are vegging out in front of, you know, the internet or TV, or you're getting into some show and you're binging, you know, until the early morning hours, not only that you have then not enough sleep, 
but you also are keeping your mind constantly bombarded with information. Going on social media doesn't really relax you, does it? I mean, looking at other people's perfect life and feeling like, you know, a little jealous or, you know, somehow sad that you are not right now on the beach with the most beautiful man or woman by your side and, you know, just creates more stress, more anxiety, more bad feelings inside of you. It's not something that fills up your batteries or makes you, you know, like more uh, satisfied with what is. Another thing you shouldn't do is eating too much sugar. There is a, a natural, uh, you know, almost like a craving to have sugar as a way of getting quick energy when you feel like you don't have enough. But when you take sugar in, your blood sugar goes up very quickly. It can feed yourselves, uh, yourselves for a little bit. But then insulin gets released. And since you ate a lot of sugar, a lot of insulin get released. And then your blood sugar, boom, drops down again. And when your blood sugar drops, you feel more tired. You feel more foggy. And for many people, they feel also more anxious and stressed. Again, once you are anxious and stressed, stress hormones get released. More of your battery's energy gets drained. Not really helping you either. And the last thing that I want to really encourage you not to do, because I certainly did it plenty of times, is to beat yourself up and just keep on pushing. I pushed myself when I already was down, feeling like I still have to do my works out. I still have to do, you know, everything and more for my boss in the hospital. And when I wasn't able to, because I couldn't concentrate or I was too tired or I fell asleep on the desk, I took out the big emotional whip and, you know, chastised me for being weak, for not being as motivated as others, for whatever names I called myself, causing only more stress and more drainage and more unhappiness inside of me. So all of those things that we do to counter what our mind and our body is telling us are not helping, but making actually this burnout even more likely. And unfortunately, also something that I feel like creates the burnout in the first place. So what can we do to prevent burnout or to alleviate the symptoms? Well, on a physical level, I think resting and, and just giving yourself enough sleep, eight hours minimum would be ideal, is a good start. Sleeping also earlier at night and not just, you know, waiting until, you know, midnight or later to go to bed. That's a good thing. Helping also to, you know, give your body what it needs. I mean, I noticed, and, you know, as a physician, I certainly wasn't taught this, but I noticed that my body is talking to me all the time. It tells me when I'm thirsty. It tells me what kind of food it likes and it doesn't like. It tells me when it needs a little bit more stretching or rest because there are always these little symptoms that are like feedback. They're active communications from the wisdom of ourselves. Well, are we listening to the wisdom of the cells? Not necessarily, but if we do, the body thanks us for that. So make sure that you are 
maybe once in a while taking a power nap of 20 to 30 minutes, not longer, because that usually is counterproductive. Eat healthier. Change your diet. Maybe you want to try out this more Mediterranean diet, which is basically, you know, a little bit of protein, but uh, mainly fruit and vegetables, lots of olive oil. Try to have, you know, vitamins as uh, supplements. Sometimes people need some vitamin D, vitamin uh, B5, B6, vitamin C have been really shown to help when we feel drained and exhausted. I think it's also very healthy to, you know, do some physical light activity, not like this, you know, having to go to the CrossFit and, uh, and draining yourself completely when you already have nothing to give, but maybe doing just like, you know, light yoga stretches or a little bit of walking in nature just to keep the energy moving. That can in itself really replenish you. And there are some some uh, uh, supplements, some herbs. One is ashwagandha, which I have tried myself and I really liked it. Another one is rhodiola. Uh, both of them have been shown to be helpful to really rebalance the energy in our system and and help us to really just you know get a little bit more rejuvenated and replenished. But ultimately, it is about listening to what the body needs. And if you haven't done any kind of self-care, also looking for, uh, you know, people that can help you to get into the more parasympathetic nervous system state. This can be through um, uh, some chiropractic treatment, through massage, reflexology. I like to get cranial sacral or, or Reiki. All of those things that just, you know, shift your energy and make you feel more, my body is flowing again. I'm not in this constant tension and therefore my body can go back into filling itself up. That is certainly something we should do routinely and not just something as, oh no, my God, I'm lacking energy. So let's just do a little, you know, of this focus for a while. But as soon as I feel better, I go back to where I used to be. Now, it's not really the body that it's its fault, right? In some ways, you could say the body is only kind of the vehicle of our mind, you know, of all the decisions we are making. What's really at the core of the burnout is how we are going about life. And that is not the body's fault. That's usually up here in our head. So we have to really ask ourselves, what is the reason that I got even into this energy drain, into this burnout? What have I not really paid attention to? And the first thing that I would like you to do is just to notice if you would have a balance sheet and you would write down on the left side all the things that drain you, where you give energy or you feel like energy is taken from you. This can start with, you know, all your daily chores and obligations at work and at home, but it can also go to sitting in traffic, you know, every day in some kind of a, you know, a traffic jam. It can be, uh, you know, having to deal with the loud neighbors. It can be that, uh, you know, you are struggling somehow with one of your children. All of those things potentially can drain your energy. And then you have on the other side of the piece of paper, 
what gives you energy. Either you give it to yourself, so you could say, well, what gives me energy is sitting on the park bench and eating my sandwich and just, you know, watching the birds around me. Or what gives me energy is maybe, you know, having a little cuddle with my spouse. But you may also realize there is not a lot that really gives you energy. You haven't really paid attention to it. And then you understand, wow, I have been draining my energy. And if I would have drained my bank account, probably the bank would have shut me out. So I need to really pay attention more on creating a balance between giving and receiving, uh, draining and replenishing. So that's really, really important to have this kind of awareness. And then you have to also ask yourself, what is it behind that drainage that made this happen in the first place? So because, you know, often we have this weird sense of responsibility based on some really old, outdated beliefs that make us overgive or have no boundaries or push ourselves so hard because we think we have to be the perfectionists on duty. So just check on your belief system, check on those inner drivers. You know, I did recently um, a podcast on values, which are basically those inner motivators that get us, you know, get up out of bed in the morning or get us do what we are doing throughout the day. And often we are not really aware of those inner core values. And equally often, they are also completely outdated because there are values we picked up from others rather than having chosen ourselves. So watch that podcast as well, because it can help you to, you know, maybe rearrange your value system and therefore have an inner motivation strategy that doesn't lead you to that edge of complete exhaustion. But also check on your belief system. You know, I'm, I grew up with a belief system that, you know, the shoe going to drop any time now because my parents grew up in uh, Second World War generation and they had lost everything and they certainly had to go through a lot of loss and uncertainty. So there was always this like, you know, watch out for that what, you know, can potentially take it all away. So you can imagine I grew up with parents that were very stressed, and very anxious and so you always had to, you know, really uh, make sure to do your best to, uh, you know, remember that money doesn't grow on trees, that uh, you have to think five steps ahead and very exhausting belief system. But that belief system I took with me into life, into my career in, in medicine. And, and that certainly pushed me to overdo, overgive, but also over worry. See, a lot of what drains us is not necessarily the demands of life or the demands of our job or our families. It's really how we are approaching it. If we are doing something and then we are constantly wondering if we did it well enough or if, you know, people liked it or if we should have done something differently and, you know, this inner commentary that's very stressful, we are probably expanding three times as, uh, the energy that actually was necessary to get the job done. So really notice also 
What beliefs make the job harder, drain you more? If you're telling yourself constantly you're a bad mom or a bad father, then naturally whatever you're doing feels like, oh, I'm not doing you know, things well enough. I'm probably you know, uh, already uh, destroying the life of my children and all those things, all this mental energy drainage is unnecessary, but it leads you ultimately to that burnout we are talking about. So keep your inner self-talk in check. Realize what limiting beliefs you're telling yourself and then you know, work on changing those beliefs. And I will certainly do a podcast on how to identify limiting beliefs and how to change them in the near future. But that's, you know, one of the core reasons why we are like lemmings, you know, jumping over the edge into this uh, emotional burnout because we are following that belief system that we have, you know, watched our parents follow through and maybe they had followed it, their parents. And sometimes it feels also societal. You know, often I think people are struggling with, uh, you know, managing their energy because they think in order to be successful, they should have more. I mean, I remember clearly several clients that were literally in the hospital, in the emergency room with heart problems, high blood pressure, because they had pushed themselves so hard. They had a perfect fine life. You know, they had enough money to uh, you know, go on vacation, have a house, have two cars. They had several kids, but they thought they have to have more. They should have a boat and they should already have at the age of 45, a full replenished 401k for the retirement. And all these ideas of more, more, more pushed them also to that edge where they felt like, oh my God, I may not live much longer. And that was for them the wake up call. So really check also on the enoughness inside of you. Appreciate what you have. You know, embrace uh, those things that already are there and already are perfect in your life. And don't always look at, you know, the competition or the comparison of having to have the most or having to have it better than others. Because it's not a competition. It's a journey. And it's your journey. And you have the choice to make this most out of it. You know, it's something to be really also aware of that life happens right now. And when we are in that burnout busy mode, we are really thinking more about the next thing and the next thing, or we are going back into the regrets of the past, but we are not really here anchored in the present moment. And so we are overlooking so much. We go through life with tunnel vision. And we're not seeing that, oh, there is so much that we can right now actually, you know, take in and benefit from. So one way to also combat that heading towards burnout is to really slowing yourself down, finding a rhythm that allows you to not go through life with 180 miles an hour, but really go through life almost as if you are on a on a hike and you can from time to time smell the roses watch what's right in front of you see how many beautiful things you can experience in that very moment rather than always feeling like well 
I have to postpone joy and happiness until I have scratched all my to-do lists and all my goals off. And unfortunately, those lists only tend to get longer and longer because our ideas of needs and wants are usually never really fully satisfied. So find a sense of fulfillment and a sense of gratitude in what is right now. And also lastly, give yourself nourishment. I talked about nourishment for the body, but there is also nourishment for the mind and nourishment for the soul. And that usually is gratitude, gratitude and love. So allow yourself to also give yourself gratitude and love. Every day you show up and you are contributing so much to the world. You're doing your best. You are someone who is appreciated. Let's appreciate yourself. Make sure that you are, you know, just having a little affirmation in your mind that you are a good person, that you do appreciate and maybe even love yourself and that you know that who you are is enough. For your mind, that's like a massage. That's like a reflexology treatment. It just feels so relaxing to finally hear from you that it has permission to relax, to exhale, and feel finally good about just being here. A client of mine told me that when she was heading towards burnout, and actually because of it, almost became suicidal. She had a realization. And what she realized was that if she would die, what she would be remembered for were her accomplishments and the great career advancements that they have made. But she wouldn't be really remembered for being fun or being a great mother or having all these, you know, wonderful uh, times with her friends and family. And she also wouldn't be remembered for being someone who has adventured the world and, you know, grown a lot. It would have been a very one-dimensional, uh, you know, way of looking at her life. And it probably, uh, you know, would also be something that in the end, people wouldn't really feel jealous of or feel like, well, she had a life well-lived. And that turned around everything for her. It didn't mean that she changed her job, but she changed her attitude. She just really started to not only think about, well, when can I have the next promotion? How can I go higher up? She started more to think about how can I really enjoy this job and, and get also some positive energy from it? Maybe through, you know, being more creative or being more connected and close to her colleagues or feeling more that she actually makes a difference in the world through it. All the resistance that she felt inside of her to the work, where she felt, oh, I'm not really getting a promotion. My boss, you know, always wants more, but doesn't give anything back, or my colleagues are treated better. All this narrative that really drained herself so much was gone. And she felt free. Because she didn't have this expectation anymore and she could just be present with what she was doing, present with a team and present with something that she actually believed in. And that in itself 
in the end gave her more energy after a week of work than it actually drained her. She felt fulfilled and she had so much more energy for her husband, for her kids, and overall just felt like nothing externally really changed, but my life completely transformed. And I believe that is such a great example of what we can all do to not go towards burnout, but to go towards a greater fulfillment and a life with joy and purpose. 